As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. So welcome to the Glory Hunters podcast. I'm here with Lindsay Hipgrave and Susie McCabe. Celtic v Newcastle. We, we haven't done the game yet. What are you expecting from it, Lindsay? I mean, it's a blockbuster fixture, isn't it? <laughs> it's it huge. really is. Well, just any points that Newcastle can get at the moment yeah. will be most welcome. So <laughs> I I'm don't think fight this counts for, for the Premier League. If only it did. If only it did. And Susie, Celtic dropped down in recent weeks. It's very early. Very early. Very early. Very early in the season. No panic here. How do you here. think you're going to get on in Glory Hunters? I think I think there's going to be passion. <laughs> Things there's going to be some hard hitting tackles. <laughs> some hard hitting tackles and passion. That's what you're here for. Let's find out now. Hello, I'm Charlie Baker, and welcome to Glory Hunters, the show that aims to find the smartest celebrity fans in football. Our guests represent the team they've always supported in a contest where the winners go through to the next round while the losers are shown the door. But just who will be filled with dreams of success and who will be filled with regret? It's up for grabs now on Glory Hunters. On today's show, team captain Bob Mills here again, a glutton for punishment, Bob. Yeah, absolutely. Any wins so far? I can't remember if you won any... Any of the games so far? I'm pretty sure I've. I'm Every single two, time? Uh, two up, yeah. I two think up, so. two nil up. That's why you can't ba- imagine that I've been beaten ever. But no, I came and did the f- one of the early ones. Someone wasn't in, then someone else was off. I've become like the James Milner. <laughs> Very much. Of, of, the, of this. Well, so and so's. He's our first choice, but he's not available. Let's get James Milner in. Safe pair of hands. Exactly. Damning with faint praise, some would say, but not today, Bob. You are joined by broadcaster and Newcastle United fan. Lindsay Hipgrave. Hello, Lindsay. Hello. Welcome to Glory Hunters. Here to bring down Bob's 100% record. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably. I haven't seen Bob for ages, though, so I'm so glad I'm on his team. Have you caught up yet? Have you had a little chit chat? We had a little, little chit chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we had a little yeah, chit yeah, chat yeah, about yeah. Barrow, didn't we? Yeah, we destroyed some reputations and then we, we moved on. <laughs> about Barrow? About Barrow. AFC Barrow? Yeah, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. I went there earlier this season to yeah. do a game. And in the same week, I, I went to Istanbul and it took me longer to get to Barrow <laughs> than it did to it's Istanbul. It's a long way, isn't it? It is. It's it a long is. way. And was scarier when you arrived. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you have my dream job, uh, by the way, Lindsay, Do covering I? the National League. I lo- I'm a huge National League fan. Um, who's your favourite National League team? Say Talk United and you might get us a goal. You well, do you know what? It's, it's probably now Barrow after going all oh. the way up there because of the dedication of the fans, yeah, you see. Well, welcome to Glory Hunters. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Now, a uh, very good result last week for Newcastle United. I know, I know. But you know what? Nobody's surprised. No one's given us any credit because Man United <laughs> are that bad now. I know. It's awful, isn't it? Could it be a jump-off point for Steve Bruce? We'd like to really get going now. Well, something had to happen after the Leicester game, didn't it? So let's hope it's the start of a bit more positivity around the place. But we needed the points desperately. Now, on last week's show, we had Anthony Costa and Kelly Summers, who was on the team with him, said she had pictures of Anthony on her wall while she was growing up. Oh, really? Which is nice, isn't it? Did you have pictures of Bob on your not wall growing Bob. up? No, I had E17 on not, my not wall. Bob, no. not, not Bob, I'm afraid. No. Hang on, E17? Similar sort yeah, of area, isn't it? Yeah, I I think, was I not in E17 for a while? <laughs> <laughs> Which one now. was I in? 
<laughs> no, I think it, no, blue or one of the nine nine nine. I think nine one one. Nine nine nine. Alongside sports broadcasting superhero Natalie Sawyer, we've yeah. got our first Scottish team, which is exciting. Comedian, Celtic fan, the wonderful Susie McCabe. Hello, Susie. Hello. Welcome to Glory Hunters. Thanks for having me. Are you excited? I'm very excited. Not, not a great result for Celtic last week? No, 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 but it is only October. Not scared of Rangers being top of the league? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, they'll get a nosebleed. They'll yeah, get a nosebleed. They'll, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, I, we play them in December at our place, and I think that's, yeah, that's, that'll be our day. You get it back then. Oh, easy peasy. When did your love of Celtic FC start, Susie? From probably the minute I was born. I've got an older brother. So between him, my dad and my grandparents, and I, I grew up, I could see the stadium from where I grew yeah. up and all that. So, uh, you know, I was brought up in the East End and you're very much aware of, of Celtic. No you know. choice. No, not in Glasgow. No. You don't get a choice. People have, you know, you'd get put up for adoption if you didn't choose the right team. So, <laughs> And how long have you been a comedian? In eight and a half years. Because mm. we, we did a gig last and you absolutely killed it. And I went, you are amazing. You are right. one of the funniest people I've seen in a long time. <laughs> and you just had a great Edinburgh festival, didn't you? I had a great festival. Do you know, I had done the festival twice before then and it was all fine. And then to go up and have a good festival, yeah. now you're going, oh, I need to have one of them every year. So now the pressure's back on. But yeah, it's great. Did you have pictures of Natalie Sawyer on your wall? <laughs> Growing up, Susie. No, but I had pictures of Bob Mills. Yay. <laughs> yes, Bob. Know, that explains a lot. Explains an awful lot. <laughs> right, well, there we are. There's our teams. The scene is set for an absolute cracker. Celtic v Newcastle, a fixture that's got Europa Cup tie written all over it. That's when Newcastle used when, to qualify when, for Europe. Yeah. That is, yeah. Into Toto. Into Toto Cup, exactly. So, we start with this clip of Tom Hanks talking about why he supports Aston Villa. Oh, no, I just love the name, Aston Villa. I just think it's fantastic. Here in, here in England, with, with other football entities called Manchester United, Arsenal, and Chelsea, here's Aston Villa. <laughs> so where, where, what suburb of Rome is Aston Villa from? Uh, I, I just love the name. Tom Hanks has obviously never been to Aston. Anyway, in total, how many Americans have played in the Premier League since its start? Bob Mills. Lindsay Hipgrave, we will start with you. It is as near as the pin situation. Tell us your yanks. Any options? No options at all. No, it's oh, nearest the pin. So just to find out who starts. No good I can only think out. of three. No, Brian McClare. Four. <laughs> Brian McClare. Uh, Tim Howard. Tim Howard. Clint Dempsey. Brian McClare. I was going to say Brian McClare. <laughs> Brian McClare. Anyway, carry on. It's fine. Brian McClare, not American. I don't think so. Who am I thinking of? He's from Glasgow, isn't he? Brian McClare. Brian McClare. Tim Howard. I'm, yeah, but these are the ones we remember. Yeah. There'll be loads of Roy Waggerly types. <laughs> and, and the guy, who was the guy who had the really good World Cup and then he came for a season. Going to push gonna, you for an answer. I think, I think it's much higher than we think. I think I want to say 15. I'm going to say 15 in total. How no, many Americans? Oh, no. Okay, carry on. What do you think? I would think? have said about 12. So 12, 12. You're going to go for no, 12. Go for in total, 12. how many Americans have played in the Premier League since its start? Lindsay and Bob have gone for 12. Natalie and Susie. Oh, well, we've listed a few, but hmm. there's other, I think there's a lot we're missing yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've gone for 12. Do we want to go higher or lower yeah. than 12? Higher? Will we go for 15? We'll go for oh, yeah, Why don't we? No. Why don't we? You can just go <laughs> higher. Let's you just you say could go higher. for 13 or... One below, whichever way you think that's how nearest the pin works. What do you think? Um, go for it, you go We're for it, We're going to go higher then, we'll go... Higher. 13. You're going to go for 13. The answer is unbelievably 45. Yeah. You are all oh. miles off. An extra goal if you can name them all. <laughs> no, okay. No, okay. <laughs> what a shame. That means Celtic, you have control of the board and the chance to get a two-goal lead with player cards right. <laughs> All you have to do is predict higher or lower depending upon the category I select from this set of top trumps. If you lose control of the board, the opposition can steal the goals. Understand what we're doing? Absolutely. Of course you do. Here we go. First card is Gianluigi Buffon, the goalkeeper, Italian goalkeeper, and he has 154 caps. Do you think our next player, Matt Hummels, has higher or lower caps? Higher or lower caps? 145 caps for Buffon. Nobody edged him out. Yeah, I think I think he's had more. I'd, I'd say yeah. Hummels is less. I can't for think Germany. of another mm. keeper for Italy. 
No. There's more no. chance of, yeah. We're going to go lower. You're going to go lower, lower caps. Matt Hummels has 44 caps. Oh, you were right wow. to go lower. Here we go. The next one is goals. Matt Hummels has scored four goals for Germany. Robert Lewandowski. <laughs> Robert Lewandowski. <laughs> oh, for the love of God. Uh, goals. Come on, see, I lower. Robert Lewandowski scored more against Scotland. I think one game he scored more. One game against Scotland. So I'm assuming you're going higher. We'll go higher. higher. Yeah, you were right to go higher. You were right to go higher. He has 34 goals for Poland. Okay, trophies. Six trophies, Robert Lewandowski. Then it is Sergio Ramos. Sergio oh, Ramos, Ramos. higher or lower on more. the trophies? Way more, Ramos. Way more. Way more. You're correct to go, you're correct to go higher. He has 12 trophies. And our final one is uh, Nani. We're going to say caps. We go Sergio Ramos has 130 caps. Nani, higher or lower? Get it wrong. The other team can steal. I still think Ramos will yeah. probably have more. Yeah. Bob's, ra Bob's raising his eyebrows here. Going to push so you for an answer, higher or lower? In and out of form, maybe. Yeah, Ramos, yeah, yeah, 130. Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to go that Ramos has more, so more. less than Nani. So you're saying Nani has lower. lower. It's lower. Oh, okay. 92 caps Yay! for Nani. Yes! You have stolen the board. Congratulations. <laughs> A two-goal head start. Fantastic. For Celtic, you are 2-0 up. So, still to come, both teams will try and convince me that they are the biggest club here today. And the Bard of Bristol, Ian Holloway, shares some more of his favourite quotes from the world of football. If you close your eyes, you couldn't tell the difference between the two sides. Well, the truth is you wouldn't be able to see them either, would you? Come on, that's just absolutely garbage. You are listening to Glory Hunters on TalkSport with me, Charlie Baker, where Bob Mills and Lindsay Hipgrave are representing Newcastle United, while Natalie Sawyer and Susie McCabe are on the Celtic team sheet. Right now, it's time for this. My club's bigger than your club. My club's bigger than your club. Now, Lindsay, you're gonna, as Newcastle United, you're going to go first with this. You did have a slight problem with the last round, the top trumps round. You seem to... Not enjoy it at all. It was too easy. When the when the question came up, who scored more international goals, Robert Lewandowski <laughs> or Billy Bond? I thought that was a bit <laughs> seriously. I didn't think they were being tested really. Mm. Didn't think it was much of a test. Or has Ramos got more caps than Nanny? Yeah. I mean, well, he had no yeah. chance. Depends who's Nanny, doesn't it? Right. Anyway, so <laughs> right. So this isn't about medals on the table. This is an exercise in winning hearts and minds. Lindsay Hipgrave, your time. Starts now. Well, we've got one of the best grounds in Europe, literally. It is in the heart of the city, St. James's Park. It's the focal point for everyone. And we're a one club city, which is definitely points on the board, definitely. Uh, nothing beats the passion of the Toon Army. I think we can safely say that. We were getting absolutely thumped by Leicester two weeks ago. 5-0, down to 10 men. It was lashing down with rain and the fans did not stop singing, uh, supporting the team. So I just don't think you can beat the Newcastle fans wherever you go. We've got the iconic black and white stripes, better than a bit of green and a few hoops, I'm afraid. Uh, there, there's a picture actually recently of Matty Longstaff in the paper wearing a Celtic shirt because he's got an uncle who played for them and he knows which the bigger club is now. He, look at what shirt he's wearing now, which badge he's kissing, he knows. Um, the Waddler beats any Celtic haircut that there's ever been, <laughs> definitely. Sting, Ant Deck, Jimmy Nail, Brian Johnson, all Newcastle fans. We're signing my players off YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and you can talk about trophies, but we keep our spare balls in the trophy cabinet to keep them a total cup company. So. Well, I'll tell you what, Lindsay, you did it fantastic. It was good, wasn't it? You have to, I love the stuff about uh, the Longstaff brothers. I love that, the local boys playing for their team. Chris Waddle played for Torquay United. I don't know if you know that. I didn't know so that, you, no. That was good, wasn't it? My we, brother actually did have a Waddler. My mum took him into the barbers and asked the barber to give him a Waddler. It's oh, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> um, uh, your one club city, is that a bonus, is it? That Definitely. just means no one else got anywhere to just go. It just means you get more passion. It's like, you know when you get those cash points in the middle of nowhere and then they charge you to use them? It's like that Newcastle United, isn't it? They can't, you've got nowhere else to go. And whatever you do to the fans, they'll still turn up. Oh, you can come this week. No, you no, are going to get no, a punch in the face you, if you come. You've, you've oh, still got still gates here. Yeah, but if I may, don't you, sorry. If you really want. If I may, if you're born in Glasgow, yeah. your family association might be such that you have to be a Celtic fan or you have to be a Rangers fan. However, in the back of your mind, you've always got that nagging doubt. Just imagine if I'd been born in that street. Oh, yeah. I wonder what that'd be like supporting it. 
They don't have any of that. No There's doubt no in pollution. Newcastle. There's <laughs> no mental pollution. No problem. doubt in Newcastle. Yeah. And um, you did mention Sting. And I don't know if you know, know Sting once did a loot album. An album just of loot mm. songs. Really? So I'll take a goal off for that as well. So I'm going to give you seven goals, Lindsay. Crossing over to you, Susie McCabe. Born and bred a Celtic fan. Please tell us why Celtic are a bigger club than Newcastle United. Celtic were founded in 1887, played their first game in 1888, founded by a Marist brother, Brother Wilfred, and he set up the club to raise money to alleviate poverty for the local Irish migrant population. And he had to get a name for this football club and he took the name Celtic and made it Celtic and it represented merging Scotland and Ireland together. And the club's greatest hour came on the 25th of May, 1967 at the Estadio Nacional in Lisbon when 11 men from a 40 mile radius of Glasgow beat Inter Milan, Italy's finest, playing the Catanaccio and they played it by playing pure, beautiful, inventive football. Celtic is not from a one-team city. We have four professional clubs, but it's more than a club and it's more than a football team. It is a focal point and identity for the subjugated and the oppressed. And that is why we are Celtic Football Club. Wow. Passionate. Playing the the poverty card. (laughs) It's a different sort of north-south divide, isn't it? It really was. I mean, this is what Lindsay's so annoyed about. She can't pull the northern card out out the bag. It's, it's It's a real problem here. Well, yeah. if they were really a bigger club, we wouldn't have built the, the wall to keep them out, would You've we? You've had your go. Oh. Um, so, uh, so oh. <laughs> come, come independence, people. people the wall will come back. People take Newcastle. People <laughs> take it. You're Scotland's lost city. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a history lesson, an interesting one. It's true. Rolled into one. All I will question is, so eight, they were formed 1887 and had their first game in 1888. What were they doing for that first year? Just running around. <laughs> they were trying, what's your, what's your, they were sure trying to get players. They were a football club. What should we be doing? Yeah. Ah, let's have a match. So see, for the first game, the first game was a friendly against Rangers and they won 5-2. Uh, but they had to borrow players because there was an Edinburgh team oh. and that was Hibs. And Celtic were nearly called Glasgow Hibernian. And they went, no, let's get something that kind of merges the two. So Hibs gave them a loan of four players to play Look in the friendly game. I'm, I'm, lear- I'm not only, be- only being entertained, I'm learning. Also, the 1967 Lisbon Lions, I didn't realise they were from, all from a 40-mile radius of Glasgow. The That's on- amazing. The only that reason will never happen again. The only reason it's 40 miles is because Bobby Lennox stayed in Solcoats mm. on the Ayrshire coast. Uh, if uh, seven of them were born within... Five w- miles. Walking distance. They used to yeah. walk to the ground to watch it. Yeah. Even Bob now chipping in, well, like, is, making no, this is. argument. Lindsay's yeah, furious. Bob. No, I know. <laughs> What's going on? That is the one thing that will never happen again. No football team will ever win a major trophy with, with 11 players. So there we are. I enjoyed it and I learned something. I'm going to give you 10 goals. There we are, 10 out of 10. Now, anyone familiar with the punditry of Ian Holloway will know that he paints pictures with words. But whilst Ian's work shares the same clarity of a Monet or a Turner... Others in his profession take a more surrealist route. So here's our very own verbal Van Gogh with a selection of quotes from the Picassos of punditry. All our panel have to do is tell me who said them originally. So losing side goes first. Lindsay and Bob, please listen to this and tell me who said it. If you eat caviar every day, it's difficult to return to sausages. There we are. If you eat caviar every day, it's difficult to return to sausages. Was it A, Arsene Wenger? B, Neil Warnock, or C, Ian Holloway. Arsene Wenger would have mentioned caviar. As many would have mentioned caviar. You eat caviar every day. Would, yeah. Difficult to eat. But, but also, it sounds a bit, a bit rude about whatever. He might have been know. talking about like he's Invincible's defence to the mm. one he ended up with. <laughs> Neil Warnock. Could he, Neil Warnock say it about dropping out the Premier League? Yeah, Maybe. you see, it's, it's a difficult one to contextualise, mm. isn't it? <laughs> I'd go for just because it says caviar. Thank, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Go for Thank, arson. Yeah, this is the sort of thing I Wenger? Think The Wenger. answer is Arsene Wenger. Uh, Congratulations. Wow. Okay, Natalie and Susie, here we go. Who said this originally? If you close your eyes, you couldn't tell the difference between the two sides. If you close your eyes, you couldn't tell the difference between the two sides. Was A. Lee Dixon, B. Harry Redknapp, C. Phil Brown. Lee Dixon, Harry Redknapp, or C. Phil Brown. You can imagine all three would have said yeah. that at some point. That's yeah. the problem. They're so similar. Um, 
You were thinking Phil Brown. You said that first. Yeah, let's I just don't go think Red would say it. I think all three could say it, but let's go. Let's go, Phil Brown. Phil Brown. Going to go with Phil Brown. The answer is Phil Brown. Yeah, there we are. Yeah. Okay, Lindsay and Bob, back to you. Let's hear this one. We must have had ninety-nine percent of the match. It was the other three percent that cost us. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely one. Is it A. Ronald Koeman, B. Rude Hullet, or C. Robin Van Persie? A. Ronald Koeman, B. Rude Hullet, or Robin yeah. Van Persie? Rude Hullet when he was at Newcastle. Probably, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Rude Hullet. It was Rude Hullet. There very, go. very good. 100% so far. Here we go. Question four. Quote four. Here it comes. Without being too harsh on David Beckham, he cost us the match. Without <laughs> <laughs> being too harsh on David Beckham, he cost us the match. Who said that? Was it Paul Merson? Lee Dixon or Ian Wright, Wright, Wright? Paul Merton, Lee Dixon, Ian Wright. I don't know, for some reason I was leaning towards Lee Dixon, but I've no idea why. Could be a total Merson thing though, couldn't it? Yeah, it's a very nice thing you, you, it's a very, isn't it? It's like, yeah. we'll go for Merson. Is, I, can't, no, yeah. I can picture him saying something like that. It might not, might not have been, but we'll go Paul Merson. You go for Paul Merson, the answer? Is Ian Wright? Oh, oh Ian Wright said it. What a shame. So, the scores at the end of that round are Celtic 13, Newcastle 9. Now, next up, something not for the faint-hearted as we enter the round known as Sporting Heretics, a round that will feature opinions such as no one should have a second team and the lower leagues should be regionalised. Find out who's responsible for such sporting blasphemy next on Talk Sports. Listening to the Glory Hunters podcast. Remember to subscribe because you wouldn't want to miss out on this magic, would you? This is Glory Hunters on Talk Sport with me, Charlie Baker, where today it's an Anglo Scottish affair, much like Bannockburn and Culloden although we do expect a lot less casualties. Or more, who knows? Susan McCabe is here. The score is currently 13-9 to Celtic. Comedian Susie McCabe and Natalie Sawyer are flying the flag for Celtic, while Lindsay Hipgrave and Bob Mills are attempting to avert any fog on the time. At this point, I want you all to risk the wrath of all decent-thinking people in the round that we know as... Sporting Heretics. Yeah, Sporting Heretics. In this round, I'm going to invite each of our panel to deliver a piece of pure sporting blasphemy, the kind of thing that would see you banished from polite society and probably impolite society as well. However, you are free to express your thoughts within this safe space, however disagreeable they may be. In fact, the more shocked and disgusted I am, the more you will score. Okay, here we go. Uh, Bob, could you please tell us why the lower leagues should be regionalised? Well, there is a belief in football that everything old is rubbish and everything new is brilliant. We must always move forward. That's why we have VAR. We have VAR because we no longer believe we should, we should trust referees or lines people and things like that. I believe there are some things from the past that we changed in error and we shouldn't have changed them. And when you look now at just, just some random fixes, Barrow against Torquay, Exeter against Carla, Fleetwood against Portland, things like this. Football fans in straightened times are having to make the most ridiculous choices about which matches they can go to and which matches they simply can't. This was never a problem when I was growing up because I grew up in the age of third division north and third division south. So where I grew up in the north, we had seven or eight derbies a year regularly because teams very rarely you know, moved up from mm -hmm. those sort of divisions. They do it in the early rounds of the cup competitions, in the, uh, the AFL Cup. They do it in the early rounds of that. They regionalise it. It doesn't mean that you're getting easier games. It just means you're getting games that don't take 10 hours travel. A football match on a Saturday, by the way, should kick off at 3 o'clock, but that, that, that boat has long left the, the, the harbour. But they shouldn't take you all day. They should take you two hours before the game and two hours after the game. You should never have to leave home at 6.30 and arrive home at 1.30 the following morning because society has changed and it is no longer the dad going off to football. The family goes to football, my daughter goes to football and you cannot make those sort of those commitments to your entire day. It's just, it's, it's no longer feasible. 
and it's an easy, easy thing to sort out. Well, it, was a great, it was a great argument. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck between two stalls here because I agree with you and I disagree with you. I agree with you, the smaller clubs, that they should be able to, to save their money and well, to be able to play football. Well, the smaller clubs save the money, better. but it doesn't get... Listen, you're only talking about cutting the country in half. Yeah. Okay. It, you're still going to play teams from all over the country, but they're going to be a maximum of three hours away. Okay, so I've talking have been in a regionalised league and they've been in the National League South and we played Eastbourne which is about as far away from Torquay as you could possibly get. So where do you draw the line? Do you draw it east to west or north to south? I, listen, I would never argue with you because you're a local because, uh, and I would never have a geography discussion with you. But trust me, Eastbourne is not as far away as you can get from Torquay. I would hazard Barrow is slightly further. I bet it's easier to get to Barrow from Torquay than it is to get to oh, well, Eastbourne. That's, that's the whole problem with the transport system. <laughs> so I, that's, that's one thing I disagree with you. You did say the words extra city, which annoyed me even more. That really wound me up. <laughs> so I was very annoyed about that. And also there's nothing better than an away day. And a lovely drive up, a little stop somewhere for lunch on the way, for a pasty on the way. And, a, and then you drive up and you get there and you're in some northern town you've never been to in your whole life. And you turn up and you beat them 1-0 in the last minute. There's nothing better than that. So I disagreed with that as well. So you get loads of points. I'm going to give you eight goals. Susie McCabe, ex-pros should be refs. Yeah, 100%. Referees are not up to the job. They don't understand the game. It's a bit like if you are a tradie on site. Right, and you're a, you're an electrician, and the guy has just went through university but never fitted a socket in his life. How does he possibly help you get round your problem or deal with that situation? They don't know. They talk to players appallingly. It needs to be ex-players for the respect in the game. Imagine Roy Keane coming up to you and saying you were a bit high in that challenge. <laughs> I, th- I mean, imagine the respect that players would have. For a Roy Keane, a Vinnie Jones, a Ruddock, have ex-players as referees and players will respect those referees and referees understand the game and they understand the context of the tackle and what's happened at that particular moment. Not just some wee Jobsworth referee with his wee whistle and his wee headset and his wee can of spray paint. Just He should be at the garden centre and let the professionals deal with the professional sport no. with two fans running the lines. <laughs> like, like a kid's football game, just like some dads running the lines for their flags. There we are. Well, um, I agree with you and I disagree with you, Susie, on many different points. What are the geeks and the nerds going to do if they can't be refs? Play chess. You know, they want to be involved in sport and this is this is their place for it. That's what golf clubs for. <laughs> I don't think so. Nice. I think we need these people. What they're going to do, just join the St. John Ambulance. I mean, it's just a, <laughs> it's a shame for them, isn't it? If Roy King's never going to turn up week in, week out and be a... But how, so, how good would no it be? No respect at all. If Roy Keane, if you've made a bad pass and Roy Keane turns around and goes, you are terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've, got, you've got to take a goal up there because it's not spray paint, it's foam. It's foam, it is it's foam. foam. I'm going to take one goal. But I did like, uh, unfortunately for you, I did like the idea of having the players' dads running the line. I think that would be a, 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 very, good, a very good thing to do. Um, I'm going to give you five. Sorry, go on, Lindsay. We pay the players too much for them to ever start reffing when they retire. That was, this was the other point. Not the lower leagues, obviously. The lower leagues, they don't get paid enough. You could get those well, What you could do is, is every time that they got fined by the club or the FA, you could make them pay it back and referee never's wants to retire. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you've got an answer for everything. Honestly. Really. It's like refereeing community service. Ah, yeah, yeah. Because that's this, what it is. This is a good idea. This is a good idea. But I'm going to give you five <laughs> goals, Susie, because I agreed with quite a lot of your points. Natalie, the FA Cup should be winner stays on. Yeah. Doesn't that sound like more fun? So, you know, whoever wins the FA Cup, they're in the final until someone can beat them at Wembley. So it is winner stays on. It will restore the prestige of the FA Cup final because people will be desperate to see the holders knocked out. And it really will perhaps bring a wider appeal to the FA Cup as well because we'll all be backing the team that gets to the final because we want them to knock out the team that may have been there for years and years and years. As much as it pains me to say it, the FA Cup final perhaps doesn't have the appeal like it used to. So this is a change that we need. It might be radical, but why not? Why not change it and mix things up a little bit? Cricket has changed. It's introduced this fast-paced competition to appeal to the masses. 
football has to do the same and restore the heroic status of the FA Cup. So winner stays on. Winner stays on. I can't see how it would work, well, Natalie. Hey, no, that, Quite that, easy. That was originally what the FA Cup was. That's was why it? Winner stays on. the FA Challenge Cup. <laughs> All right. Because the first team that won it, won it then issued a challenge to the rest of the teams in the FA. And on. they play. Take this off us. Yeah, you have to take it off us. Yeah. So the team that won it in 1887, I think it was Old Etonians, played in the final next year. And the rest of the team just played to get to the final to play them. That went on for about six years, I think, until Wanderers won it. And Wanderers then said, no, we should, we, we don't agree with just coming back for the final. We should just. So, so it didn't work. So Wanderers Natalie, ruined Natalie, it for your, everyone. Your yeah. point, Natalie, it has it's been, been tried, tried out. And it failed. It failed. Yeah, but that was back in the day. Well, you're Come saying old fashioned football on. doesn't count, which I don't agree with. So um, oh, yeah. I'm going to give sounds... you five goals, Natalie. Oh, okay, five goals again. You. you just sat in the middle there. Okay, and finally, we go to Lindsay Hipgrave. No one should have a second team. No, ban it. Outlaw it. This is something that I've really noticed since I've been living in the South. The amount of people who have two teams. They've got a Premier League team and they've got an EFL team or a National League team. Probably one that they've started supporting for a bit of glory when, when their other team was struggling. Or they've started supporting a, a little team, I guess, that they think poses absolutely no threat to their big team. And I just find it really patronising and belittling the idea you've got this little club. Like, you wouldn't have Man United fans with Man City as their second team. So don't have... Brighton and and then have Eastley. Eastbourne, Eastley as or well. Eastbourne. exactly. Um, it's not being a true supporter. I don't think you, true support is just following one team religiously, and that's it. And it works fine, I guess, in a way when they're really far apart in the football league, but. There's a lot of Brighton fans that I know who have another Premier League team, which stems from when Brighton were really struggling. And obviously Brighton have now come good and risen from the ashes. And then it's like, well, what do you do when Brighton are now playing mm. your other team, like Arsenal or Tottenham? Who do you support? Mm. It's ridiculous. You've put yourself in that situation. I don't think I should have two husbands. Well, so why would I have two football teams? You can't love both, not properly. I wish I did support another team at times. It might I cheer you me up. I thought you were going to say, I wish I had two husbands there. <laughs> I had times as well. <laughs> we all wish we could have a team to cheer us up now and again, but it isn't the point. No. And unfortunately for you, Lindsay, I agree with absolutely everything you've said, which in this round turns completely the against with you. I don't think anyone should have two teams. I don't think anyone should support a team that is outside of where they live. I think you should have to support the team that you, are, you were born closest to. In fact, the other day, I said to someone, I was in Newton Abbott, right, where I'm from, Newton Abbott, and it has a, a team in quite a low local league, right, not even a bit, they have Newton Abbott Spurs, okay, and I was speaking to someone, and he went, here, I heard you on the radio saying that you support Torquay United, which is five miles away, which is the nearest team to where I was born, and I went, yeah, and he went, thought you were from Newton, and it was, <laughs> thought you were from Newton Abbott. I said, oh, God. so he expected me to support Newton Spurs. I'm not going to do that, but I think you should have to support your local league or non-league team. I, I, team. I believe it's the one thing that unites all football teams is a hatred of that. It's just very quickly, if you tell someone that when you were young you got married and you maybe had a kid, but it didn't work out and you very amicably split up and, and, and you moved on and you now have another family and, and you love them, and, and you've got kids there. People will accept that. Yeah. We all know people whose life that is, and we all accept. But if you say, yeah, I used to be a season ticket one, but uh, I support this other team now, you, well, then you're scum. And you should be sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> See, last, last season, I, I was gigging and I was talking to my new fans who were saying to me that they were standing in the pub cheering on City because they didn't want Liverpool to win the league. Yeah, that was a tough one. And I was like, so that is like me cheering on Rangers yeah. to stop Aberdeen. Yeah. I could not no. get my head around it. You know, I was just like, no, I don't know. And they were like, no, no. But they were saying that their Man City mates were getting really annoyed because Man U fans were cheering on Man City. Yeah. I was like, I don't understand any of that because your derby, like your team... Like that's two teams in the one city. Your team's that's, your team. That's your derby and your mm. team's your team. That should never happen. Exactly, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Even if you don't want Liverpool to win the Leaf, that's fair enough, but just don't cheer them on. Just no. keep your mouth shut. So exactly. anyway, we've all agreed on that, Lindsay, which is completely the opposite of the round. But because we did all agree and we all enjoyed it so much, I'm going to give you one goal. <laughs> I can only apologise. So at the end of that round, the scores are Celtic 23, Newcastle 18. Still to come, we travel back in time 
to a momentous moment in each club's history, a time when London swung and Zidane took a swing. Forget the red mist, it's a red card! Zidane Zidane sent off, he ends his professional career by headbutting an opponent and walking in the World Cup final. That's all to come on Glory Hunters on TalkSport. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Listening to Glory Hunters here on Talksport with me, Charlie Baker, where today's game sees Newcastle United in the shape of Bob Mills and Lindsay Hipgrave take on Celtic, represented by Natalie Sawyer and Susie McCabe. I don't know if you heard the cup draw. It's the fourth sure. qualifying round of the cup. Talking United, isn't it? So I had a vested interest. We got Boringwood at home. Very disappointing. But anyway, the draw was on Talksport 2 and it took place in the foyer of the canteen. <laughs> oh, Talksport was exciting, wasn't uh-huh. it? John Watson there. Oh, yes. Uh, Gray's Athletic. And in the background, there's someone going, oh, bacon sandwich, please, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Cup of tea. Cup of tea. I love it. I love a draw. Do you, Susie? Do you I love do a draw? I love a draw. Yeah. Anything you want to bring up about? My, any favorite, my oh, yeah. favourite cup draw <laughs> of all time. Is is from one of the the most famous Celtic supporters in the world. Oh yeah, is of course Mr. Rod Stewart. Oh yeah, what a cup draw! I remember watching that live in the house and literally rewinding it and watching it for about twenty <laughs> minutes, just constant, just the drunkest man in the stadium that day, doing the cup draw. And the funniest bit is the little SFA official who is absolutely mortified and human at the same time. <laughs> well, Rod's like. Ta ta ra ta ta! He should do every draw. I should every draw, every cup draw ever. We should do. Yes, time now for Back in the Day, where we travel back to a landmark moment in both clubs' history. Now, Bob and Lindsay, some may think that silverware has been a bit thin on the ground for Newcastle. Some may think that, but that couldn't be further from the truth as we go back to 2006 when Newcastle United lifted their first trophy for 37 years the Intertoto Cup. Now, I think we all remember where we were when Newcastle won European football's biggest consolation prize. (laughs) But what else do you remember of that year? Here we go, 2006. Lindsay and Bob, Italy won the World Cup in Germany that year, but the final against France was marred by this. There's an incident off the ball and Zidane is standing there and there's an Italian player down injured and play's going to go on. We're seeing a replay now and Zidane has headbutted. Marco Matarazzi in the chest, off the ball. Forget the red mist, it's a red card. Zinedine Zidane sent off. He ends his professional career by headbutting an opponent and walking in the World Cup final. That's a great bit of commentary. Forget the red mist, here's the red card. Excellent. Zidane's headbutt on Matarazzi saw him sent off in his final game. But what did the Italian say to provoke such a response? Was it A, did he make a barbed comment about premature hair loss? Was it B, did he say something off-colour about a member of Zidane's family? Or C, did he dare him to do something memorable for his last game? He his, off his, his mother. It was his mother or his sister? Yeah, certainly, yeah. It was, it was a female his, member of his, his Matarazzi. <laughs> no, OK, you think it was B? Did he say something off colour about members? It was, he did say that. OK, question two. Prior to Newcastle favourite Michael Owen <laughs> travelling to the <laughs> World Cup with England, sponsors Northern Rock, 
rest in peace, took out a series of ads asking if he could be returned in one piece. Unfortunately, he wasn't. He came back injured after damaging his cruciate ligament in the first game against Sweden. But how long was he out for? How long was Michael Owen out for? Was it A, eight months, B, 10 months, C, 12 months? How long was Michael Owen out for in 2006? Eight months, 10 months, 12 months. Chris, I'm going to say 10 or 12. Yeah, 10 or 12. Uh, it pretty much finished him off. In, uh, 12, should we say? Yeah, I'd say 12. Go on, yeah. 12, 12 months. months. The answer is 10 months. Uh, Bad oh, luck. Sorry. Here we are. Question three. 2006 saw the retirement of Alan Shearer, Dennis Bergkamp and Roy Keane. But perhaps the biggest departure from the public stage that year was when the bee pulled the plug on top of the pops. But who were the last act to play on top of the pops? Good question, isn't it? This is yes. the best question we've had in 10 episodes. Here we go. A, Snow Patrol. If I just lay here, would you lie with me and just forget the world? B, the Fratellis. <laughs> Good year for music, wasn't it? Or was it C, Girls Aloud? Now, here's the thing. If, you, if, we, if we, we need to work this out, because Top of the Pops finished, the last song is whatever's number one. So mm. we need to well, Girls Aloud would have been number one. The Fratellis wouldn't have been number one. No. Snow Patrol, I don't think... I don't know if that got to number one. It was in the charts for a long time and it yeah, sold a lot of copies. Yeah, probably not number one. I it bet it was Love Machine. One. So just because I think they were the most likely to have been number one, we're going to go with that Love Machine. Let's find out. Yes, you were correct. It was Girls Allowed. So in that round, you scored two goals, which takes you to 20 goals. Well done. Uh, yeah, Natalie and Susie, we're going back to the summer of 1967. Oh, I've got my first real six string. No, no. A summer of 69, <laughs> wasn't it? And this. Barely seven minutes from time came the winning goal. Chalmers deflected Murdoch shot past Sati. That was how Celtic became the first ever British team to win the European Cup. There we are. It's the year Celtic became the first British side to win the European Cup. But what else can you recall of that landmark year? <laughs> <laughs> Natalie, you must be what, 10, 12? Yeah, 10, something like that, that. Yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah. Good. Teenage years. Ago. Formative years. Yeah, yes. when, you, when you were going to see the Beatles live every Saturday. That and certainly was. Here we go. Question one. The side that lifted the trophy became known as the Lisbon Lions, led by Captain Billy McNeil, who was nicknamed Caesar by the rest of the team. But why? Was it A, he liked to wear a laurel wreath on the way to training? B, he wanted to rename Parkhead the Coliseum? C, he was named after the getaway driver in the original Ocean's Eleven as he was the only member of the side that owned a car? I would love to think it was the wreath around his head, but I'm going for C. And we are, what was it? It was, it was C. He was the only member of the team that owned a car. Imagine that now. He used to have to pick them up. Oh, and the week is they all kind of stayed out in View Park in the kind of eastern kind of outskirts of yeah. Glasgow. And he used to pick up like uh, Johnston and Old and bring them in. They all kind of came for the one area. Bring one to training. If only you knew something about this era of Celtics, <laughs> Susie. <laughs> Question two. Which of these players were not born in 1967? Paul Gascoigne, Paul Ince or Alan Shearer? Which of these players were not born in 1967? Paul Gascoigne. Paul Ince, the governor, the self-styled governor, or Alan Shearer? So, Gascoigne played for Rangers 98, and he was about 30. So I think he would have been 68. Actually, is there something tells me he may have been born in 66, because, you know, it's the old England World Cup thing, isn't it? Going to push you for an answer. Which of these oh, players was not born in 1967? I feel like he was born Paul in Gascoigne, Paul Ince, or Alan Shearer? Ince. Do you know, he was the one I went for thinking yeah. of, of the three. Go with Ince. We're going to go Paul Ince. Paul, the self-styled governor, Ince. It is Alan Shearer. Oh. He was born in 1970. OK, question three. Celtic were crowned European champions during the summer of love. So while England swung and half of Glasgow celebrated, what was the number one single that the nation grooved to? Was it? I wonder if one day that you 
say that you care If you say you love me madly I'd gladly be there Like a puppet on a string Was it uh, Sandy Shaw, Puppet on a String? Or was it B, The Tremolos? Silence is Tom Jones. Yes, they'll all come to meet me, arms reaching, smiling sweetly. It's good to touch the green, green grass of home. Which one was it? Puppet on a string, silence is golden, the green, green grass of home. Do you know what I mean? Yes. The whole green connotation. Is that what you like, that one then? Is that no, what I think we'd go so for Sandy Shaw because if that had been number one, you would have thought green, Celtic. Okay. Oh, that's All true. Right. Lovely All bit right. of working yeah, yeah. out. What's your answer? Sandy Shaw, she didn't wear shoes, did she? She didn't wear shoes. She didn't, no. So we'll go with Sa- the barefooted Sandy Shaw. She's got no strings. The answer is... The Tremolos. And at the end of that round, the scores are Celtic 24, Newcastle 20. Here on Glory Hunters, we believe it shouldn't be just me asking the questions, it should be you as well, and that's why we do this. esteemed panel are about to face the scrutiny of the general public and have absolutely no idea what they'll ask as we play A Question of Sport Time. Yes, can we have our first question, please? Hello, I'd like to ask the panel, after chess boxing, what do they think would make a great hybrid sport? After chess boxing, what do they think would make a great hybrid sport? Natalie Sawyer. Hmm, so many mixes you could bring oh, to the party. Uh, unlimited. Um, uh, indeed. But I, uh, I've gone for chucking the pole vaulter. Oh. Yes. So it is going to be bringing the principles of tossing the caber oh. uh, into this. But rather than a log, of course, they're going to be seeing how high they can throw a pole vaulter. Okay. That's it. How would it work? Well, you've got the tossing the caber, so they've yeah. got a big log. Instead of that, they're holding a person. Yeah. And they literally just throw them. Would he have to stay rigid? Very, and they'd hold him by the soles of his feet? Yeah. Because that's how you toss the, the caber. Absolutely, Would they have yes. the pole in their hand? or If they want to, if that adds to the, the drama. Mm. Okay, and would they have, to, they have to get them over they the... They have to get over the... Boy, the I like the idea the of it. Oh, it's so a, it's, it's, it's height rather than distance. Oh, yes, it's height. And I know, I know uh. that's not strictly within the tossing the caber rules, uh. but... Just adds a little bit different difference what, to I like, it. I like it very much. I'm going to give you eight goals oh, for it. Lindsay Hipgrave, wow. what hybrid are you, what mashup are you giving us? I'm going to go for bobsled darts. Mm, Just nice. because I reckon bobsled's got to be probably the easiest Olympic sport oh, out me. there. You just kind of have to push the bobsled cool, down the ice physical. and then jump onto it. You don't really need much of a skill set, probably just some strong legs. I mean, the, the guy or girl at the front needs a bit of steering yeah. skills, but the person Keep at the back effectively is just sitting in a tin can. So I think we need to challenge them a little bit more. And because darts is something that needs a lot of skill, a lot of practice, yeah. we should strategically place dartboards along the run down yes. and they get more points at the end depending on like how many treble 20s or bullies they get at the end i absolutely love it i mean the, the talk sport bobsleigh fans are going to be furious there's going to be a phone in later on <laughs> the bobs i think it's an absolute disgrace <laughs> i'll be in trouble there we are i'm going to give you nine goals Lindsay. Ooh. it was an excellent mashup bob mills I've always liked the sport of netball. I don't like basketball. I do like netball because there seems to be more skill involved. Mm. Uh, but one of the things about netball is that it's a, it's a non-contact sport. I'd like to introduce netball wrestling, mm, like which this, means yeah. that you play netball according yeah. to the same rules, but there is a, a little time period where a yeah. whistle goes and you have three minutes in which you can wrestle. Yeah. So you can wrestle people, and if you get a submission or a knockout, yeah. two falls or a knockout, during those three minutes, 
then that that means you've you've won the game yeah. without having to put the ball through the hoop. Oh, so uh, full knockouts. So more or less sort of a UFC rather than wrestling, like a full. No wrestling. Two falls or a knockout. A KO. You get a KO in. in oh, by in, picking them up and slamming, slamming them. Down. Like... If they can't get up after being yeah. inside ten, or you you pin them for threes. Yeah. You know, one nah, yeah, yeah. two. Uh, yeah. I just like to see netball where someone was saying, ask him, ref, ask him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like kind of what it was like growing up playing netball in Gateshead anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kendo yeah. Nakasaki would, would really struggle with that mask on to play netball. The words Kendo and Nakasaki just run around my head and take me back to, to a better time. When life was better. Was giant haystacks. You could buy 10 cigarettes for a shilling. <laughs> Not giant haystacks. He's, no. no, he's the next lot. Brian Goldbelt, Maxine, and Crybaby Jim Breach. Oh, yeah. Proper wrestlers. Proper wrestlers. No, he's a, a bit further down the line. When it was I failing, think. they brought in Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks and they ruined it. But when they had Adrian Street from Ellesmere Port, who was the golden haired wrestler, who was a big camp old wrestler, he was lovely, and Les Kellett. And For Susie, she's so young that this is like us talking about some Charles Dickens characters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, Mr. TV Jackie Pella. That sounds like a. Yes, it's a, a great a, idea, a, Bob. I'm giving you eight goals. Susie McCabe, your sport hybrid. So. Here's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think what we should do is merge golf and ski to golf ski. Okay, right? Nice. Because if you own skis, you'll own golf clubs. Okay. <laughs> and if you own golf clubs, you'll own skis. Okay. But to make it a bit more interesting, you go down, you're going through your gates, you don't have poles, you have like you have a driver. Oh, and you just need to scalp the golf the balls. Through. But you can also steal your opponents. Get it through the gate, and if the ball goes through the gate, you then need to go through the gate to get the point for the ball. Oh, I like it. You've really thought I about know. it. I know. Would it be on grass or would it be on snow? Snow. Snow. All oh, right. Okay. Full, full snow. So orange goggles, ball. Full, uh, orange ball. Orange club. Mm. Full kit. Okay. Full skiing kit. With you've got the correct size car, of course, because you can get you if you can get your golf clubs in the boot, you can get your skis in the boot. Well, yeah, because they all drive those cars. I like the idea. I like the idea. I'm going to go for a slightly posher version of the sport than than I it's, was expecting from you, Susie. It's polo for the middle class. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> yeah, they can't nice. they can't afford a horse. Polo without a horse. Polo without a horse. I like it even more now. I'm giving you seven goals. <laughs> there we are. Now, can we have our next questioner, please? Hey, I'd like to ask the panel, what do they dislike about the team they support? I'd like to ask the panel, what do they dislike about the team they support? Natalie Sawyer, the biggest Brentford fan in the UK. What do you hate about Brentford you know, FC? I found this really difficult. Oh. I find, that's a very good question, may I say. Um, because obviously I do, I do think Brentford are perfect. That's why I support them. But if I really have to be picky, then it'll be the pillars at Griffin Park. Yeah. Where I sit, I do have a pillar that obstructs my vision. Now, it's obviously not that bad because it's only like a, a second or two that you might miss, but still, it could be a second or two that's quite vital. So it's annoying and frustrating at times, but we've only got until May and it will be saying bye-bye to Griffin Park, so I can get used to it. I was going to say that. Now. I, well, think, I, am used to I it. think you'll miss the pillars when they're gone because it connects you to, connects you to your history with, with, with Brentford, the old Absolutely. times. Go, I miss the pillar. So right. it's quite a good answer. I'm going to give you five goals, Natalie, because you've not said Brentford very much in this episode. Lindsay Hipgrave, what do you hate about Newcastle United? Well, apart from the obvious, yeah. I hate the fact that I now live about 350 miles away from oh. St James's Park. Makes me sad. I can't go very often. And I don't like at the moment that we don't have a tiny and weird derby at the moment because I used to really look forward to them. But that's Sunderland's fault for being in the third division. Yeah, well, you're blaming Sunderland for I'll that. I'll call it League One for everyone else, but for them, it's the third division. <laughs> so the things you don't like about it are Sunderland can't play them anymore and the fact that you live 350 <laughs> yeah. miles from them. Exactly. These are all things <laughs> that you could change, Lindsay. Apart from the owner. Uh, and apart from the owner. You can't change that, unfortunately. No. no. So um, I didn't like the answer. I'm going to give you two goals, Lindsay. It's very sad. You don't seem that bothered. OK. Um, <laughs> Bob Mills, Leighton Orient. Surely there's nothing you don't like about them. No, there's very little I don't love about, about the club, but I'll, I'll come up slightly to Natalie's thing. We have a wonderful stadium and there is no problem with pillars. There is no problem with pillars. What we also have is that is we have flats in the four corners of the ground oh, yes. because, you know, in traditional football stadia, there is the, these four corners and we built, and we paid a lot yeah. of our debt off and it was Very, very wonderful. good idea. Now, the, what the problem is with this is that sometimes when I'm sitting... The football I love, but it isn't always of the highest standard. And occasionally, if I just happen to turn around, 
I can watch television <laughs> in the guy's flat. And I have had Saturdays where I've been watching football, but then there's a film on that I recognise. I did, unfortunately, I, I did once when we were playing Rotherham, the, they were just starting the hunt for Red October <laughs> on Channel 4, and I'm afraid I missed a goal. Of course, sometimes they forget where they live in, and they come out of their bedroom, yeah. draw their curtains and go, no. oh, no. oh, sorry, <laughs> didn't realise you were playing today, guys. I can't believe you'd buy that flat and not like Leighton Orient, and you'd sit there Very pretending, often. I'm not going to watch it, absolutely not. Well, of course, lesser comedians and who support lower league oh, clubs, yeah. and I'm talking about Terry Old and people oh, like that, yeah. will tell you that those flats are on sale with the website. And if you get uh, one of the one of the flats that looks out out to, uh, towards the road uh, surrounding, you can get those for three hundred thousand pounds. The ones overlooking the pitch cost one hundred and forty. <laughs> that's you know. Yeah, but you wouldn't go down that. No, route, that would you? that's a ridiculous. Well, no, of course, I love the answer. I'm going to give you ten goals, Bob. Oh, it was an excellent oh, Susie McCabe. This is a very personal thing, right? I am a round little lady, and we have got one of the most iconic strips in world mm. football. But when you're my shape and size, <laughs> those hoops are not becoming. I'm <laughs> feeling your pain. Yeah, so I'm very much in a way top yeah. girl. <laughs> in the event that a child might think I'm a Lilo. So, yeah, I, I would never want to change the hoops. And I don't know if I've ever been sponsored by Adidas. I love that kind of kit. And I don't know if that's going to go with hoops. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm torn. I'm torn. So I'm like, I love the hoops. It's everything about Celtic that I love, but for me, as a little round fifty pence piece, it's not. The day that the day that Talk United went away from the hoops was a great day in my house. I mean, I I could die it. (laughs) No, 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 no. Don't don't fight the slim fit. Don't fight the slim fit, whatever you want. It was a great answer. I'm going to give you nine goals, Susie, which means at the end of that round, the scores are Celtic 54 goals and Newcastle 49. Next up, our two team captains will attempt to lead from the front in captain's corner before both teams go all out for glory in the round we call injury time here on Glory Hunters on TalkSport. You're listening to the Glory Hunters podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. This is Glory Hunters on TalkSport, where today Newcastle in the form of Lindsay Hipgrave and Bob Mills have 49 goals and Celtic, represented by Susie McCabe and Natalie Sawyer, have 54. Time now, however, for our two team captains to earn their corn as they argue either for or against a motion I propose. It's a bit like an Oxford Union debate if the university had basically given up on its admissions policy. The motion up for debate today is... This house believes winning the World Cup in 1966 has held English football back. Arguing for that motion is Bob Mills. Arguing against is Natalie Sawyer. You each have 30 seconds. Bob Mills, the floor is yours. Uh, I believe this to be true because what it did was it gave us an idea that we were a top international force. We won it at home, which a lot of countries have done. We'd only been in it for about three, I think it was our third World Cup, so we never took it seriously. It was never, ever held in the esteem that the home championships were, which is much more important. We aren't a country that supports a national team. We're a, support, we're a country that supports club sides and then has an interest in the international team. But since we won the World Cup, we've always thought we should have a place at the top table of world football. And we've, we've done everything we can to strive to get that. And we get overexcited. Whereas the truth of the matter is, of football supporters in this country support the team and show an interest uh, as opposed to Italy and Spain where they're they're fanatic about their countries. We don't have that sense. And so it's given us us a wrong idea of where we should sit in the world of international football. There we are. And then so Natalie Sawyer. Well, I mean, I hear what my esteemed fellow has had to say, but only eight teams have won the World Cup. So we are in a unique group. It's no easy feat to win it, obviously. Look at how many nations have tried and failed. 
Forgetting those that have won, 71 other teams have tried to win the World Cup and have come away empty-handed. So we can count ourselves very lucky to be one of the very, very few, an elite few, who have won the World Cup. We shouldn't look at it as a negative that we haven't won it again. We should be proud of the accomplishment. And if we never win it again, well, at least we will always have 1966, unlike so many who will never, ever get near the World Cup trophy. I agree with both sides of it. <laughs> well, just, I'm, I'm sorry. I, in I, many I, ways, I'm sick of hearing about 1966. Well, well exactly, but that, that <laughs> would be my argument. You're sick of hearing it. But surely what Natalie did, if I may, if I yeah. may just yeah. was back up my argument, because we've always got 66. And if we didn't have 66, we wouldn't get so infatuated yeah. with winning World Cups. We'd just go and enjoy them but, without thinking we're going to win them. But if I was born in 1966 and it happened in my lifetime, I'd probably bang on about it and not be sick of hearing it. So I think it's to do with how you felt at the time. And it, if it's not just hearsay, if you're not just told about something, then you can enjoy it even more. Well, I, I did see it at the time. I was around at the time and yeah. I saw it. And what I felt was, this is brilliant. This is something that we can do, win World Cups. Mm. And in fact, it isn't something we could do, so it's better that we'd never done it. There we are. I'm going to give Bob the points, I'm afraid, Natalie, because he was, he's argued for your point, for my well, point, for his own enough. point. Susie made a point, it. he backed that up. So, Bob, I'm going to give you five goals. Congratulations. So, as if by magic, with those five goals, the scores are now Celtic 54, Newcastle 54. It's like we make it up. It's unbelievable. <laughs> now, before we go into injury time, Susie, yeah. you were saying earlier on, you've, you've been a comic for eight years. So, what were you doing before? What other jobs have you had? I was, I was an electrical estimator, but that job came about because I was an electrician. Fully trained. Fully trained. What does an estimator do? So I would... I think that's a... Uh, I reckon that's a, uh, a free amp plug. Yeah, it might be. It might, <laughs> it might be. Yeah. I'm not sure. Just <laughs> estimating. Because so I would have thought in the world of electricity, you don't want people estimating. No, no, no. <laughs> you, would, you would just tender to the builders for, for projects. Oh. So like your schools and colleges or your prisons or TV studios, you get the architects drawings through with all the consultants like yeah. light fittings uh, and stuff on it and you count and measure and work out how the how the power and my favourite bit of Grand Designs you watch, I don't know if you watch Grand Designs yeah, is when he comes back to the house at the point that they, they're about to do what, what they call it the first fix or something first fix yes yeah, so and it's you, a wind and water and type. you look behind the walls of houses <laughs> and think <laughs> yeah no nah, that's never going to work <laughs> it's like a cake before it's ice yes and, it's, and you just see miles and miles of this cable yeah. and stuff I must, yeah. So were you pushed to have a trade? Is that how that worked itself? No, no. Uh, I worked in a pub, uh, late 90s, early noughties, and then I went and got a trade and just became a sparky. And then from that, I knew I always wanted to kind of get off the tools and do more of the technical side, so I, I became an estimator. There was a wonderful time, sorry, after, no, there were no wonderful times after the banking collapse. It was a period of great austerity. But one thing that happened is all the guys from the city, the hedge fund managers, they were saying, well, this is obviously not working. This is no, you know, it's going to take 100 years to rebuild it. So we're going to, we're going to get a trade. And there was this wonderful thing to, yeah, that's what you should have done. You should have learned to lay bricks. You should have learned to, uh, to wire houses. But they all became, yeah, we're going to go, uh, you're going to become carpenters. Well, when we say carpenters, Andy Lindsay does a furniture design. Right. <laughs> uh, so, and they all then became even more useless to society <laughs> by designing tables made of that's trees that no one could afford. Odd, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. So we've got a chair. We've all sat on a chair. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We know what that looks like. Yeah. I could design a chair. There you go. There we yeah. are. There we are. Four legs. It basically works. Yeah. Okay. Have you, got, have you got a trade, Bob? Uh, uh, no, I'm the one person in my family that didn't have a train, which is why I wound up being a comedian. All comedians will tell you, you, you don't choose to become, you've just run out of options and you become one. My brother was a plumber, my, my, uh, my father's an academic, uh, my sister was a seamstress, uh, because yeah. where I grew, I grew, I grew up in the, in the 1960s, everyone, unless you were clever enough to go off and, and be given a chance at uh, university or college or something, you got a trade. Yeah, well, you should do. My mum, my mum was a hairdresser. My yeah. dad was a mechanic. You could always get a job. Lindsay, have you ever had another job? I've had other jobs. Yeah. I haven't had a trade. I, no. I used to deliver the Herald and Post. That was yeah. my first job. Then that was I, the paper round. That, that was, was the paper, paper round. <laughs> that was the free paper. So okay. it was lots of papers that yeah. had to be delivered to every single house. And then I worked in a shop which sold underwear mm -hmm. uh, when I was at school. And then I had a bar job when I was at university. And I worked jobs. in an Irish bar, which was oh, good yeah. fun because there was live music on all the time. Bar so I loved that job. If you had to have a trade, what would you what would you go for now, Lindsay? 
I don't know. I'd like to be a makeup artist, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I quite enjoy the travelling that you quite, can. Quite fancy being a barber. That. Natalie, what, if you had to get, a, you know, when it all goes wrong in a couple of weeks' time, what are you going to go out and do? Get a trade, Natalie, for that's, goodness sake. That's what I like to hear, that positivity <laughs> from you. Gosh, I don't know. I, I've, I worked in a pub, but I worked there for three days oh, and it wasn't uh, for me. No. We met, came to a mutual agreement. It wasn't for me working in a pub. Now, in the dying moments of the game, we move now into injury time where each side has 60 seconds to score as many goals as possible. Remember, you're up against the clock, so speed is of the essence. It's 54 all. Can you believe it? The losing side goes first. We can't do that. It's 54 all. Bob and Lindsay, you are going to go first. So this is your round. I'm going to list a number of sports people and their nicknames. I need you to tell me which are true or which are false. Sports people and their nicknames, which are true or false. Do you understand the question? Yeah, yes. Your time starts now, Harry Maguire, slabhead. True. 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 Ken Doherty, no can do. True. It's false. Fitz Hall, one size. True. True. Jurgen Klopp, smiley miley. False. It's false. Boris Becker, Boris the Spider. True. It's false. Stuart Barlow, jigsaw. True. It's true. Former Everton striker, he went to pieces in the box. Alexis Sanchez, the squirrel. False. It's true. False. He likes, as a boy, he liked climbing trees. Duncan Goodhue, Duncan the Dolphin. True. It's false. Chris Smalling, Mike. True. It is true. Uh, LVG kept calling him Mike. Graham Dot, Dot on the Landscape. False. It is false. Gordon Jury, Jukebox. True. It is true. Lionel Messi, The Flea. True. It is true. Michael Holding, Whispering Death. True. It is true. Tim Henman, Tim the Terminator. False. false. It's false. Gerv Muller, the bomber. That's true. true. It is true. Ian Botham, falafel. False. It is false, and you scored 12 goals, which takes you to 66. We oh, go. we'd have to be at 66 <laughs> again. Goodness sake, <laughs> banging on about 66. <laughs> Going to go for a 67 for the Lisbon Lions, Natalie and Susie. All I need you to do is tell me which of the following sports will be included at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics by answering true or false. Do you understand the question? Yes, we do. Your time starts now. Dodgeball. True. true. False. Softball. True. True. Snooker. True. False. Handball. True. It is true. Mixed martial arts. True. It's false. Surfing. True. It is true. Squash. True. It's false. Sport climbing. True. It is true. Mario Kart. True. It, it is false. Skateboarding. True. It's true. Ultimate Frisbee. True. It's false. Lacrosse. True. False. Rugby Sevens. True. It's true. Cricket. True. It's false. Water skiing. True. It's false. And that's the end of that round. <laughs> it's an interesting technique. Oh. I, I thought it's best to leave Susie to it. Just go for it. So at the end of that round, you scored six oh, goals, which takes you to 60, yes. which means the final score is Newcastle 66, Celtic 60. There 66 we are. 66 wins it, Bob. There you go. Standards. Coming from behind. But listen, from the, you should learn something every week. And what we've learned here, if you're ever on this show in the future, if you're five behind, <laughs> just yeah. go true. Just go true. Way. True all the way through. So true. That's how uh, Spandau Ballet always answer their <laughs> quizzes. <laughs> OK, Susie, can I ask you, please, for a bland and empty post-match reaction? Ah, there's, there's no words. Do you know what? We had it, we had it all going on and then we just, we just lost it in the last ten minutes. We collapsed. It was like Celtic away in Europe. So to our winners, we say... And for the losers... They might be lucky enough to have a run in a cup, but as far as league's concerned, they haven't got a prayer. There we are. My thanks to Natalie, Bob, Susie and Lindsay. Join us again at 9.30 next Sunday on TalkSport. And be sure to download the Glory Hunters podcast, available from your favourite podcast provider. It features extra material purely for podcast listeners. So until next time, from myself, Charlie Baker and everyone here, it's goodbye. Yeah, well done. Well done, Lindsay. 
thrilled. Victory in the end, yeah, we had to we had to come from behind, but you know. It's an interesting technique you had at the end there, Susie, of just true, <laughs> just constantly true. Just long ball up the park. <laughs> just, <laughs> just long ball up the park, trying to ghost in. Just started swinging it into the big man. Wasn't, wasn't real deep. Georgie Samaras was back. <laughs> big, big Georgios. <laughs> well, <laughs> big Jan Vanegura of Hesseling. Don't there worry, Susie, we might have won, but if you close your eyes and it is, <laughs> you wouldn't tell the difference between the two teams. <laughs> Exactly, there we are. So that was it for this week's Glory Hunters. Thanks. Do download us, rate, subscribe and tell all your friends and we'll see you again next week.